Hello and welcome to Little Things with Amber L.B. Swenson. Today's episode is called An Honest Prayer. And before we get too far into this, I just want to wish you a very blessed Easter. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I have been writing and teaching Bible studies for the past 15 years. I've worked with women, youth, Sunday school. I've been blogging for Time of Grace since 2017. I've written two books for them. Really what you need to know is that I love the Lord and I love the Word of God. And I find that the deeper I go into the Word of God, the more astounded I am that He loves us and that He notices us and that He cares so deeply about our lives. And my role is really to get people into the Word and to show them how awesome it is and to really get them to a place that they want to know and love God more. That's kind of my mission in life in a nutshell. Today we're going to talk about honesty before God. And this is all going to tie into the Easter account, don't worry. I won't um, stray too far from it because I I know this is a joyous day and we all want to celebrate Christ's resurrection. I'm with you. But I've really seen lately uh, a new new realization that God is so good to meet us where we are. And I just wanted to share that with you. So it has... um, been no big mystery to you if you've heard the last couple podcasts or if you follow me on Facebook at all to know that I have struggled a little bit with this whole COVID-19 issue. Um, My husband is an RN, as I've mentioned before, and his floor was designated as the COVID floor. So we were pushed pretty deep um, pretty quickly. While a lot of people were able to sort of settle into quarantine fun and they were having their games and they were, um, you know, kind of complaining about freedoms lost and can we still do this? And they were still even venturing out. Um, Our reality was very different. It was a very different, very scary situation. Um, My husband is the breadwinner in our family and uh, I personally love him. And I want him to be part of my family. And my children love him. He's a huge part of our uh, family fabric. He's an excellent father to my children. And so, you know, as I heard about medical staff, healthcare workers dying from COVID, I mean, it was it was very unsettling. I'm not going to lie. And so so I was very affected by this whole COVID thing. Um, So much so that I sort of had to retreat into myself and I couldn't be on Facebook. I had to log out. I had to um, just really limit the amount of news that I allowed myself to watch. And and I also found that I couldn't for the first time in my life write. I just, I I was at a place where I I couldn't get the words. They didn't come for a long time. And when they did come, I started processing things and I started, um, working through it. And I'm so glad that I did because what I found uh, just makes me love God even more and it makes Easter that much more important to me. And so that's what I want to share with you today. We're going to go through a couple of parts of scripture that really are kind of eye-opening. And hopefully you will find that wherever you are on the whole COVID-19 spectrum, if you are kind of dancing your way through and kind of unscathed by it, God meets you there. 
And if you are super worried, God will meet you there. And if you or somebody you love is infected, God meets you there. And even if someone you know or loved has died, God will meet you there. So I want to direct you, first of all, to Judges chapter 7. I have used Gideon as an example many times before in the past, but usually I am in Judges chapter 6. And that's the part um, of the Bible where the angel of the Lord comes to Gideon and calls him up and says, hey, mighty warrior. And Gideon's like, listen, I'm not mighty and I'm not a warrior. I'm like from this small tribe and I'm the youngest and weakest or or the weakest anyway. Um, and just I've used Gideon as, a, as an example of, you know, God can use anybody, which is great. When you turn the page and go to Judges chapter 7 and actually get into the battle, there's a different lesson for us. And I think it's pretty poignant for me right now anyway. So I want to just read a little bit from Judges chapter 7. So um, Gideon is getting ready. He's, he's gathered the troops and God says to him, you have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands or Israel will boast against me. My own strength has saved me. Now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave. So 22,000 men left while 10,000 remained. Can we just sit on that for a minute? <laughs> Two-thirds of the army left because they were afraid. That tells me it's a pretty normal thing to be afraid when you are facing something big, unknown, stronger than you, this is not unusual and this is not abnormal. Two-thirds of them, gone. Trust me when I tell you, (laughs) if my husband was given the option of staying home, listen guys, anybody who's afraid of working with these patients, you just go ahead and stay home. I don't know if he would necessarily stay home, but I would definitely (laughs) make him stay home. All right, you're, you're sitting this one out. You don't have to go to this battle, okay? So there were 10,000 men left, and and God whittled the army down even more to 300 men, okay, to face this vast, huge Assyrian army who were just huge and uh, so much stronger than Gideon. And when Gideon actually goes the night that God sends him into battle, this is what God says, get up, go down against the camp because I'm going to give it into your hands. If you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant and listen to what they are saying. Afterwards, you will be encouraged to attack. Okay, so first, God assured Gideon of victory. I'm about to give the camp into your hands. Done deal. But then he meets Gideon in Gideon's fear. If you're afraid, go down and be encouraged. And guess what? Apparently, Gideon was afraid because Gideon got up and went down to the camp. (laughs) So that is of great comfort to me right now. God didn't come to Gideon and say, you fool. How many times do I have to show you that I'm going to do this? He came and said, listen, if if you're still afraid, can I encourage you? Can you just scoot down to the camp and hear what they're saying? And then just trust me. (laughs) I love it. That's been very helpful for me. You know, um, 
in our catechism classes, we teach the kids to pray using the word acts. So A-C-T-S. We teach them to use adoration, praise, praises in their in their prayer life. Um, when they talk to God, confession, go to them, go to God with your sins. Thanksgiving, thank him for all he's done and supplication. Ask him, you know, to help you with all the situations in your life. And that is a really neat way to teach people how to pray. However, it leaves out a main category of prayers, which I find very comforting and very important. And that is the prayer of lament. If you go to the book of Psalms, Isaiah, Jeremiah, you will hear, even Daniel has some prayers, you know, you will hear laments. Psalm 13 is a great example of this. I just want to read it to you. It's six verses. It says, How long, Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death and my enemy will say, I have overcome him. My foes will rejoice when I fall. I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. I love the complexity of emotions in that psalm. Because there's complaint, there's sorrow, there's worry. How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? But there's also, I trust in you. And I'm praising you despite the fact that I'm kind of struggling here. We don't have to be a, afraid to be honest in our prayers with, with God. It's not like he can't handle it. And in fact, one of the things that really brought me out of my funk in all of this is hearing somebody say that. Hearing somebody say, God already knows what you're thinking. Just go ahead and be honest. Just go to him. Work it out with him. You want somebody else who did this? Look at Mary in the New Testament. So Mary and Martha, they had sent for Jesus because their brother Lazarus, who they loved and who Jesus loved, who was a great friend of his, he was sick. So they sent for Jesus and Jesus didn't come. And I have teenagers and young adults now. And so I, I can see how this played out. I mean, I could be totally wrong, but I sometimes watch out the window waiting for a child to come home. And I can imagine that Mary and Martha would go and they would look out the window or they would look out the door and they would, they would wait for Jesus. They had called for him. And their brother got sicker and sicker and then he died. And I, I can even imagine them thinking, but if he shows up now, didn't he raise that little girl, Jairus' daughter? And what about the widow's son in Nain? Maybe we just shouldn't put him in the grave just yet. Jesus didn't show up. And we did show up. Martha, she is, you know, she is the epitome of everything we want to be. She goes to meet Jesus before he even got to the village. <laughs> She's right there. And she has these answers. Like, she has this unshakable faith. Oh, I know my brother will rise again, and I, 
I know on the last day you will raise all the dead, and even now God will give you whatever you ask. Martha has it all together. And Jesus says, go get Mary. So Martha has to go get Mary because Mary doesn't have it all together. So she has to go fetch her and bring her back. And when Mary gets to Jesus, she doesn't have a deep theological prayer. She doesn't have this long verbiage of trust. (laughs) She falls at Jesus' feet and says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And you know, when Jesus saw her and all the Jews who were with her, he was deeply troubled. What does that tell us? Well, it tells us we don't have to have it all together to go to God in prayer. (laughs) We don't have to have a long, elaborate prayer. We don't have to have the right words. We don't even have to understand. We can just fall on our face before God and say, help, please come into the situation, meet me here. I don't know what I'm doing. All I know is I'm a mess and I can't get through this without you. You know, on that first Easter, the disciples were pretty much the way most of us are right now. They were locked in a room and they were scared to death. They were afraid not of a virus but of those same Jewish leaders who had just crucified Jesus. And they thought, you know, we're his disciples. Let's keep them from coming after us. So they were locked away. And Jesus came to them in their fear. And he said, peace be with you. And he appeared to them and he talked to them. And we're told that they were totally startled and amazed. They thought he was a ghost. He had to eat something in front of them just to prove that he wasn't a ghost. But you know, (laughs) Thomas wasn't there. And I understand Thomas in a way that I have never understood Thomas before. Because you know, they're all excited. And they're like, man, he came back. He's alive. It's all good, Thomas. And I can just feel the hurt in Thomas. Nope. I didn't see it. I didn't hear it. He didn't meet me. And guess what happened? Jesus came back for one doubting disciple. (laughs) For one who wasn't strong enough to just believe what everybody else was saying. And Jesus came back for him. And that shows us that just like Gideon, we don't have to be worried about being a mess in this situation. We don't have to worry about having it all together before we go to him. Just go to God. He'll meet you there. He'll meet you there in this financial uncertainty. He'll meet you there (laughs) when you're scared because you have someone on the front lines or you have somebody you love with an underlying health issue. He'll meet you there. And you know, again, not coincidental, two things in my own family uh, for our devotions at night. We're reading through the Old Testament, uh, the New Testament, sorry, 
um, back to front. Like I said, I have teens, so you don't do anything the, you know, the straightforward way. It's better to do it backwards, standing on your head, upside down, whatever. And so we're reading from Revelation to Matthew, and right now we're in the book of Hebrews. And, you know, the book of Hebrews starts by saying, you know, Jesus is superior to the angels, but then it goes into this whole high priest thing. And it just compares Jesus to the high priests and and the priests of the Old Testament who had to keep offering sacrifices for the people. And they had to offer sacrifices not just for the people, but for their own sin. And it contrasts that with Jesus, who, you know, though he was without sin, he offered himself as the perfect sacrifice. But then there's this beautiful and lovely verse that tells us that as our high priest, He is interceding for us even now. And I can't help but think of Mary. When I fall on my face before God and just pour out my heart and sobs and silly worries and and things, I can't help but think that Jesus remembers what it was like to have Mary at his feet sobbing. And that's a comforting thought. He's not distant. He's not afraid. And the other thing that I wanted to tell you is that, you know, in my um, in my teaching of my fifth and sixth graders, I, I've been teaching them uh, the Lord's Prayer. And we did the petition, give us this day our daily bread. And, you know, Jesus didn't teach us to pray, give us our monthly bread. He asked us to trust God for what we need today. And sometimes that is enough. Sometimes that has to be enough, even though we want to see the end, right? We want to see what this looks like a month from now or six weeks from now or three months from now. Am I going to be able to withstand this financially? Are we all going to be unscathed? Will we all be meeting together on the 4th of July? Will this all be over and behind us? And Jesus said, you know, ask for your daily bread, what you need today, and that will be provided. So don't worry about what's coming Just go to God and ask him to give you what you need today. And he graciously does every single time. You know, even when COVID is behind us, there are going to be times in our life when we are brought to our knees for some other reason, whether it's a tragedy of some sort or death that we weren't expecting or divorce or persecution or or something. There's always going to be a reason to worry. And there's always going to be things that are so huge that are up against us. And I think the lesson in this is just to remember to go to God honestly and see him for who he is. Because Thomas said, I need to see the nail holes and I need to see where his side was pierced. And Jesus said, not a problem. I've conquered everything You afraid of dying? Conquered it. I'm back from the grave. You afraid of everything this world can throw at you? Conquered that. Do you see the battle that took place on Good Friday? When the earth shook and the sky became black, Satan threw everything he could on my shoulders and I withstood it. I held it all for you guys. Are you battling your own thoughts, your own fears, your own worries, your own stress? Yeah, I conquered that too. I've conquered it all. I'm risen. (laughs) And that's why today, even in the middle of this whole COVID-19 business, 
I am not poo-pooing you because I am here to tell you I have struggled, struggled mightily too, but I'm looking to my risen savior and I'm saying, okay, Lord, this is where I'm at and you have met me here and you will walk with me and I trust you. This has been little things because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. Hey friends, I'm praying for you and I'm praying for all of us um, as we walk through this. Please don't hesitate to reach out to us here at Time of Grace. We'd be happy to meet you with encouragement and prayer and just a glimpse, a reminder to go back to your Savior for everything you need. See you next time.